Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from around 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 27, The Body and the Dream, with Section 3, The Fear of Healing. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 287. You are my goal, my Father, only you. And by way of opening this morning, I just couldn't find anything better than this poem from Rumi. In some places, uh, it's called 111. In this version, the title is, The Lamps Are Different, But the Light is the Same. And it goes like this. So many garish lamps in the dying brain's lamp show. Forget about them. Concentrate on the essence. Concentrate on the capital light in lucid bliss, calmly smoking off its own holy fire. The light streams toward you from all things, all people, all possible permutations of good, evil, thought, passion. The lamps are different, but the light is the same. One matter, one energy, one light, one light mind, endlessly emanating all things. One turning and burning diamond, one, one. One, ground yourself, strip yourself down to blind, loving silence. Stay there until you see you are gazing at the light with its own ageless eyes. You are my goal, my Father, only you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, Lori. Thank Amen. You, Lori. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Goosebumps. Okay, my friends. Here's a reading list this morning. Oh, we have Lemoyne, Fran, Patricia, Yvonne, and Jessica. We're joined in listening this morning by Diana, Ida, and Robin Marie. Has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Uh, Micah and Ross, and I can read. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. Micah and Ross. Lori, I accidentally hung up, and uh, I missed uh, the reading list, so maybe you can mention it one more time. Oh, I surely will. Uh, Thank you. Fran, Patricia, Yvonne, Jessica, and Micah. So you're after Patricia. Okay. Alrighty. So here we go. 
in chapter 27, The Body and the Dream, in section 3, The Fear of Healing. Paragraph 13. Is healing frightening? To many, yes. For accusation is a bar to love and damaged bodies are accusers. They stand firmly in the way of trust and peace, proclaiming that the frail can have no trust and that the damaged have no grounds for peace. Who has been injured by his brother and could love and trust him still? He is attacked and will attack again. Protect him not, because your damaged body shows that you must be protected from him. To forgive may be an act of charity, but not his due. He may be pitied for his guilt, but not exonerated. And if you forgive him his transgressions, you but add to all the guilt that he has really earned. Lemoyne. Okay, sorry. <laughs> New mute button there. All right, chapter 27. Uh, the Body in the Dream, Section 3, The Fear of Healing. Is healing frightening? To many, yes. For accusation is a bar to love, and damaged bodies are accusers. They stand firmly in the way of trust and peace, proclaiming that the frail can have no trust and that the damaged have no grounds for peace. Who has been injured by his brother and could love and trust him still? He has attacked and will attack again. Protect him not, because your damaged body shows that you must be protected from him. To forgive may be an act of charity, but it is not his due. He may be pitied for his guilt, but not exonerated. And if you forgive him his transgressions, you but add to all the guilt that he has really earned. Fourteen. The unhealed cannot pardon, for they are the witnesses that pardon is unfair. They would retain the consequences of the guilt they overlook. Yet no one can forgive a sin which he believes is real. And what has consequences must be real, because what it has done is there to see. Forgiveness is not pity which but seeks to pardon what it knows to be the truth. Good cannot be returned for evil, for forgiveness does not first establish sin and then forgive it. Who can say and mean Quote, my brother, you have injured me, and yet because I am the better of the two, I pardon you my hurt. His pardon and your hurt cannot exist together. One denies the other and must make it false. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. Fourteen. The unhealed cannot pardon, for they are the witnesses that pardon is unfair. They would retain the consequences of the guilt they overlook. Yet no one can forgive a sin which he believes is real. And what has consequences 
must be real because what it has done is there to say. Forgiveness is not pity, which but seeks to pardon what it knows to be the truth. Good cannot be returned for evil, for forgiveness does not first establish sin and then forgive it. Who can say and mean, quote, my brother, you have injured me, and yet because I am the better of the two, I pardon you my hurt, unquote. His pardon and your hurt cannot exist together. One denies the other and must make it false. 15. To witness sin and yet forgive it is a paradox which reason cannot see. For it maintains what has been done to you deserves no pardon. And by giving it, you grant your brother mercy, but retain the proof he is not really innocent. The sick remains accusers. They cannot forgive their brothers and themselves as well. For no one in whom true forgiveness reigns can suffer. He holds not the proof of sin before his brother's eyes. And thus he must have overlooked it and removed it from his own. Forgiveness cannot be for one and not the other. Who forgives is healed. And in his healing lies the proof that he has truly pardoned and retains no trace of condemnation that he still would hold against himself or any living thing. Thank you, Fran. And Patricia. 15. To witness sin and yet forgive it is a paradox which reason cannot see. For it maintains what has been done to you deserves no pardon. And by giving it, you grant your brother mercy, but retain the proof he is not really innocent. The sick remain accusers. They cannot forgive their brothers and themselves as well. For no one in whom true forgiveness reigns can suffer. He holds not the proof of sin before his brother's eyes. And thus he must have overlooked it and removed it from his own. Forgiveness cannot be for one and not the other. Who forgives is healed and in his healing lies the proof that he has truly pardoned and retains no, no trace of condemnation that he still would hold against himself or any living thing. 16. Forgiveness is not real 
unless it brings a healing to your brothers and yourself. You must attest his sins had no effect on you to demonstrate they were not real. How else could be, how else could he be guiltless? And how could his innocence be justified unless his sins have no effect to warrant guilt? Sins are beyond forgiveness. Be just because they would entail effects which cannot be undone, cannot be undone and overlooked entirely. In their undoing lies the proof that they were merely errors. Let yourself be healed that you may be forgiving, offering salvation to your brother and yourself. A broken body shows the mind has not been healed. A miracle of healing proves that separation is without effect. What you would prove to him, you will believe. The power of witness comes from your belief. And everything you say, everything you do or think testifies to what you teach to him. Thank you, Patricia. And Yvonne. Okay, thank you, Lori. Forgiveness is not real unless it brings a healing to your brother and yourself. You must attest his sins had no effect on you to demonstrate they were not real. How else could he be guiltless? And how could his innocence be justified unless his sins have no effect to warrant guilt? Sins are beyond forgiveness just because they would entail effects which cannot be undone and overlooked entirely. In their undoing lies the proof that they were merely errors. Let yourself be healed, that you may be forgiving, offering salvation to your brother and yourself. A broken body shows the mind has not been healed. A miracle of healing proves that separation is without effect. What you would prove to him, you will believe. The power of witness comes from your belief. And everything you say or do or think but testifies 
to what you teach to him. Your body can be means to teach that it has never suffered pain because of him. And in its healing, can it offer him new testimony of his innocence? It is this testimony which can speak with power greater than a thousand tongues. For here is his forgiveness proved to him. A miracle can offer nothing less to him than it has given unto you. So does your healing show your mind is healed and has forgiven what he did not do. And so is he convinced his innocence was never lost and healed along with you. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Yvonne. And Jessica. Seventeen. Your body can be means to teach that it has never suffered pain because of him. And in its healing, can it offer him mute testimony of his innocence? It is this testimony which can speak with power greater than a thousand tongues. For here is his forgiveness proved to him. A miracle can offer nothing less to him than it has given unto you. So does your healing show your mind is healed and has forgiven what he did not do. And so is he convinced his innocence was never lost and healed along with you. 18. Thus does the miracle undo all things the world attests can never be undone. And hopelessness and death must disappear before the ancient clarion call of life. (laughs) This call has power far beyond the weak and miserable cry of death and guilt. The ancient calling of the father to his son and of the son unto his own will yet be the last trumpet that the world will ever hear. Brother, there is no death. And this you learn when you but wish to show your brother that you had no hurt of him. He thinks your blood is on his hands, and so he stands condemned. Yet it is given you to show him by your healing that his guilt is but the fabric of a senseless dream. Thank you, Jessica. And Micah. Okay. 18. Thus, I'm going to just go up one sentence. And so is he convinced his innocence was never lost and healed along with you. Thus does the miracle undo all things the world attests can never be undone. And hopelessness and death must disappear before the ancient clarion call of life. This call has power far beyond the weak and miserable cry of death and guilt. 
the ancient calling of the father to his son and of the son unto his own will yet be the last trumpet that the world will ever hear. Brother, there is no death. And this you learn when you but wish to show your brother that you had no hurt of him. He thinks your blood is on his hands, and so he stands condemned. Yet it is given you to show him by your healing that his guilt is but the fabric of a senseless dream. 19. How just are miracles! For they bestow an equal gift of full deliverance from guilt upon your brother and yourself. Your healing saves him pain as well as you, and you are healed because you wished him well. This is the law the miracle obeys, that healing sees no specialness at all. It does not come from pity, but from love, and love would prove all suffering is but a vain imagining, a foolish wish with no effects. Your health is a result of your desire to see your brother with no blood upon his hands, nor guilt upon his heart made heavy with the proof of sin. And what you wish is given you to see. Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for 19 and 20? I can see that. Thanks for writing. Yeah. How just are miracles, for they bestow an equal gift of full deliverance from guilt upon your brother and yourself. Your healing saves him pain as well as you, and you are healed because you wished him well. Uh, the miracle obeys, that healing sees no specialness at all. It does not come from pity, but from love. And love would prove all suffering is but a vain imagining, a foolish wish with no effects. Your health is a result of your desire to see your brother with no blood upon his hands, nor guilt upon his heart made heavy with the proof of sin. And what you wish is given you to see. 20. The, quote, cost of your serenity is his. This is the, quote, price, unquote, the Holy Spirit and the world interpret differently. The world perceives it as a statement of the quote, fact, unquote, that your salvation sacrifices his. The Holy Spirit knows your healing is the witness unto his and cannot be apart from his at all. As long as he to suffer, you will be unhealed. Yet you can show him that his suffering is purposeless and wholly without cause. Show him your healing, and he will consent no more to suffer. For his innocence has been established in your sight and his, 
and laughter will replace your sighs because God's Son remembered that he is God's Son. Thank you, Robin Marie. And is there another new reader for 20 and 21? Okay, Lemoyne, back to you. The, quote, cost of your serenity is his. This is the, quote, unquote, price the Holy Spirit and the world interpret differently. The world perceives it as a statement of the seeming fact that your salvation sacrifices his. The Holy Spirit knows your healing is the witness unto his and cannot be apart from his at all. As long as he consents to suffer, you will be unhealed. Yet you can show him that his suffering is purposeless and wholly without cause. Show him your healing, and he will consent no more to suffer. For his innocence has been established in your sight and his. And laughter will replace your sighs, because God's Son remembered that he is God's Son. Who then fears healing? Only those to whom their brother's sacrifice and pain are seen to represent their own serenity. Their helplessness and weakness represent the grounds on which they justify his pain. The constant sting of guilt he suffers serves to prove that he is slave, but they are free. The constant pain they suffer demonstrates that they are free because they hold him bound. And sickness is desired to prevent a shift of balance in the sacrifice. How could the Holy Spirit be deterred an instant, even less, to reason with an argument for sickness such as this? And need your healing be delayed because you pause to listen to insanity? Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 21. Who then fears healing? Only those to whom their brother's sacrifice and pain are seen to represent their own serenity. Their helplessness and weakness represents the grounds on which they justify his pain. The constant sting of guilt he suffers serves to prove that he is slave, but they are free. The constant pain they suffer demonstrates that they are free because they hold him bound. And sickness is desired to prevent a shift of balance in the sacrifice. How could the Holy Spirit be deterred an instant, even less, to reason with an argument for sickness such as this? And need your healing be delayed because you pause to listen to insanity. 22. Correction is not your function. It belongs to one who knows of fairness, not of guilt. If you assume correction's role, you lose the function of forgiveness. No one can forgive until he learns correction is but 
to forgive and never to accuse. Alone, you cannot see they are the same and therefore is correction not of you. Identity and function are the same and by your function do you know yourself. And thus, if you confuse your function with the function of another, you must be confused about yourself and who you are. What is the separation but a wish to take God's function from him and deny that it is his? Yet if it is not his, it is not yours, for you must lose what you would take away. Thank you, Fran. And Patricia. 22. Correction is not your function. It belongs to one who knows his, of fairness, not of guilt. If you assume correction's wrong, you lose the function of forgiveness. No one can forgive until he learns correction is but to forgive and never to accuse. Alone, alone, you cannot see they are the same. Therefore is correction not of you. Identity and function are the same. And by your function do you know yourself. And thus, if you confuse your function with the function of another, you must be confused. Confused about yourself and who you are. What is the separation that a wish to take God's function from him and deny that it is his? Yet if it is not his, it is not Yours, or you must lose what you would take away. 23. In a split mind, identity must seem to be divided. Not can anyone perceive a function undivided which has conflicting purposes and different ends. Correction to a mind to split so split must be a way to punish sins you think are yours in someone else. And thus does he become your victim, not your brother, different from you, in that he is more guilty, 
thus in need of your correction, as the one more innocent, a little more innocent than he. This split is function of this split his function off from yours and gives you both a different role. And so you cannot be perceived as one and with a single function that would mean a shared identity with but only one end. Thank you, Patricia. And Yvonne. Okay, thank you, Laurie. Uh, 23. In a split mind, 23, right? Yeah, okay. In a split mind, identity must seem to be divided. Nor can anyone perceive a function unified, which is conflicting purposes and different ends. Correction to a mind so split must be a way to punish sins you think are yours in someone else. I'm going to read that sentence again. Um, Correction to a mind so split must be a way to punish sins you think are yours in someone else. And thus does he become your victim, not your brother, different from you in that he is more guilty, thus in need of your correction as the one more innocent than he. This splits his function off from yours and gives you both a different role. And so you cannot be perceived as one. And with a single function, that would mean a shared identity with but one end. Correction you would do, correction you would do must separate because that is the function given it by you. When you perceive correction is the same as pardon, then you also know the Holy Spirit's mind and yours are one. And so your own identity Yet must he work he must he work with the Holy Spirit and he must I guess he yet must he work with what is given him, yeah. And you allow him only half your mind. And thus he represents the other half and seems to have a different purpose from the one you cherish and you think is yours. Thus does your function seem divided, with a half in opposition to a half. And these two halves appear to represent a split within the self perceived as two. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Jessica. Okay, 24. Correction you would do must separate because that is the function given it by you. When you perceive correction is the same as pardon, then you also know the Holy Spirit's mind and yours are one. And so your own identity is found. Yet must he work with what is given him. 
and you allow him only half your mind. And thus, he represents the other half and seems to have a different purpose from the one you cherish and you think is yours. Thus does your function seem divided with a half in opposition to a half. And these two halves appear to represent a split within a self perceived as two. Consider how this self-perception must extend And do not overlook the fact that every thought extends because that is its purpose, being what it really is. From an idea of self as two, there comes a necessary view of functions split between the two. And what you would correct is only half the error, which you think is all of it. Your brother's sins become the central target for correction, lest your errors and his own be seen as one. Yours are mistakes, but his are sins, and not the same as yours. His merit punishment, while yours in fairness should be overlooked. Thank you, Jessica. And Micah. Okay. 24. I'm sorry, 25? Yes, you want to begin with 25. Consider how this... That's 24. Okay, consider how this... Oh, it's... Consider how this perception sorry. Consider how this perception must extend and do not overlook the fact that every thought extends because that is its purpose, being what it really is. From an idea of self as two, there comes a necessary view of function split between the two. And what you would correct is only half the error which you think is all of it. Your brother's sins become the central target for correction, lest your errors and his own be seen as one. Yours are mistakes, but his are sins and not the same as yours. His merit punishment while yours in fairness should be overlooked. 25. In this interpretation of correction, your own mistakes you will not even see. The focus of correction has been placed outside yourself on one who cannot be a part of you while this perception lasts. What is condemned can never be returned to its accuser who hated it and then hates it still. This is your brother, focus of your hate, unworthy to be a part of you and thus outside yourself, the other half which is denied. And only what is left without his presence is perceived as all of you. To this remaining half, the Holy Spirit must represent the other half until you recognize it is the other half and 
And this he does by giving both of you a function that is one, not different. Thank you, Micah. And is there another new reader for 26 and 27? I can do it. And it's interesting in my edition, um, uh, I have two paragraphs that are 22. (laughs) So in my edition, the numbers are a little bit different. So we're on, uh, in my book on 25. (laughs) I'll just read it. In this interpretation, (laughs) in this interpretation of correction, Your own mistakes you will not even see. The focus of correction has been placed outside yourself on one who cannot be a part of you while this perception lasts. What is condemned can never be returned to its accuser who hated it and hates it still. This is your brother, focus of your hate, unworthy to be part of you, and thus outside yourself, the other half which is denied." Only what is left without his presence is perceived as all of you. To this remaining half, the Holy Spirit must represent the other half until you recognize it is the other half. And this he does by giving both of you a function that is one, not different. Correction is the function given both, but neither neither one alone. And when it is fulfilled as shared, it must correct mistakes in both of you. It cannot leave mistakes in one unhealed and set the other free. That is divided purpose, purpose, which cannot be shared. And so it cannot be the function which the Holy Spirit sees as his. And you can rest assured that he will not fulfill a function he cannot understand and recognize as his. For only thus can he keep preserved intact, despite your separate separate views of what your function is. If he upheld divided function, you were lost indeed. His inability to see his goal divided and distinct for each of you preserves, preserves your capital self from being made aware of any function other than capital its own. And thus is healing healing given both of you. Thank you, Robin Marie. And would there be another new reader for the paragraph that begins with correction is the function given both. And the following must be left to one. (laughs) There are some additions that have different numbering. So it gets a little confusing. No reader? Okay, back to you, Lemoyne. Okay. Correction is the function given both, but neither one alone. And when it is fulfilled as shared, it must correct mistakes in both of you. It cannot leave mistakes in one unhealed 
and set the other free. <laughs> that is divided purpose which cannot be shared. And so it cannot be the function which the Holy Spirit sees as his. And you can rest assured that he will not fulfill a function that he cannot understand and recognize as his. For only thus can he keep yours preserved intact, despite your separate views of what your function is. If he upheld divided function, you were lost indeed. His inability to see his goal divided and distinct for each of you preserves your largest self from being made aware of any function other than its own. And thus is healing given both of you. Correction must be left to one who knows correction and forgiveness are the same. With half a mind, this is not understood. Leave then correction to the mind that is united, functioning as one because it is not split in purpose and conceives a single function as its only one. Here is the function given it conceived to be its own and not apart from that its giver keeps because it has been shared. In his acceptance of this function lies the means whereby your mind is unified. His single purpose unifies the halves of you which you perceive as separate, and each forgives the other that he may accept his other half as part of him. Thank you, Lemoyne and Fran. Correction must be left to one who knows correction and forgiveness are the same. With half a mind, this is not understood. Leave then correction to the mind that is united, functioning as one because it is not split in purpose and conceives a single function as its only one. Here is the function given it conceive to be its own and not apart from that its giver keeps because it has been shared. In his acceptance of this function lies the means whereby your mind is unified. His single purpose unifies the halves of you, which you perceive as separate, and each forgives the other, that he may accept his other half as part of him. Thank you, Fran, and thank you, everyone who read this morning. Um, and we have read just past the hour, so what a perfect place to pause and reflect on today's lesson about our true goal. And for that, Fran, with our thanks, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you. We Hi, everybody. We're on the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we are still on is what is the Holy Spirit. And the lesson is Lesson 287. You are my goal, my Father, only you. So I'll read some from what is the Holy Spirit, 
The Holy Spirit mediates between illusions and the truth. The goal of the Holy Spirit's teaching such is just this end of dreams. For sights and sounds must be translated from the witnesses of fear to those of love. And when this is entirely accomplished, learning has achieved the only goal it has in truth. For learning, as the Holy Spirit guides it to the outcome he perceives for it, becomes the means to go beyond itself, to be replaced by the eternal truth. From knowledge where he has been placed by God, the Holy Spirit calls to you to let forgiveness rest upon your dreams and be restored to sanity and peace of mind. Without forgiveness, will your dreams remain to terrify you? And the memory of all your father's love will not return to signify the end of dreams has come. Accept your father's gift. It is a call from love to love that it be but itself. Would you refuse to take the function of completing God when all he wills is that you be complete? And we'll go to the lesson. Lesson 287, you are my goal, my Father, only you. Where would I go but heaven? What could be a substitute for happiness? What gift could I prefer before the peace of God? What treasure would I seek and find and keep that can compare with my identity? And would I rather live with fear than love? You are my goal, my Father. What but you? could I desire to have? What way but that which leads to you could I desire to walk? And what, except the memory of you, could signify to me the end of dreams and futile substitutions for the truth? You are my only goal. Your son would be as you created him. What way but this could I expect to recognize myself and be at one with my identity? We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 287. You are my goal, my Father. Only you. Where would I go but heaven? What could be a substitute for happiness? What gift could I prefer before the peace of God? What treasure would I seek and find and keep that can compare with my identity? 
And would I rather live with fear than love? Lesson 287. You are my goal, my Father. Only you. Amen. Oh, man. Oh, that just radiated peace. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Fran. Um, I felt the same way. I just, it was just amazing. Uh, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. You sold your son, Sean, through, and oh my God, I connected so much. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, this is Fran. I read this morning a summary of this lesson, and He's told us, and I love this, that this, he's not saying here that we are to make God our goal. He's saying that he is our goal. No matter how we live or what we do, God is our goal. I love that. I'm complete. Thank you, Fran. Perfect. Thank Excellent. you, Fran. Excellent, Fran. Goodness, God is goodness. Anything that I seek goodness in or happiness in or joy or love in, I'm seeking God. Excellent. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, I just didn't know it. <laughs> seeking, seeking everything in the world outside of myself as, as a source of happiness when the source of happiness was inside of me, was uh, the happiness I longed for was, was in me all the time. I love this lesson today. Thank you. I love it, too. Thank you. Everybody, good morning. It's Jude. I, you know, when meditating on this this lesson this early this morning was, you know, the constancy, the constancy of God and and the constancy of happiness and the constancy of peace that never changes, that changelessness, um, changeless will of God for us, um, and that. We are an extension of his will. Um, being being happiness, being light, being joy, being happiness, that in that, that is 
how I complete God's will for me and and bring God joy and peace. And I don't have to bring it to him. He's already got it all. But the... Um, The lesson speaks of that um, heaven, that word heaven, um, which is a constant, changeless state. And in communion with that, um, all perception is gone. There's no perception, no interpretation of anything. Um, Only vision remains. The eyes of God, vision through which I see, um, the voice of God through which I hear that that Christ speaks of in in the early text and and in this in this text reading today I believe um, that there's only one way to see truly see and that if I see through the eyes of perception I'm blind that I cannot see alone um, that I have been given holy instance, I have been given vision to correct um, the dream of judgment, to restore my mind to its natural state, its natural state of being in heaven in communion with everything that I see because vision sees everything like itself. It sees nothing through the eyes of judgment, nothing to condemn. It sees only to love the the um, vision of the Holy Spirit, the vision of Christ, um, the voice of Christ in my mind, that Christ, God's Son, is my identity, is through the means that have been given me, that it has all been given me. I need do nothing except pray to receive it and accept it as my own and want nothing else, want nothing else, want not to see through the body's eyes what the body would show me to a self that is not myself that doesn't understand the messages that my eyes bring me. But the messages of love that vision brings me, I can understand and I can love as my own, as one with me, and a part, all a part of me. Beautiful stuff today. So glad you're all here. And thank you, Lemoyne and Lori and Fran, for bringing it all together for us. Thank you. I'm complete. Well, thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for coming. Well, hi guys. Oh, this is Lori. And um, well, yeah, I sure love this lesson. And we've we've done this together. Uh, read this text and and practiced these lessons together enough, and in a number of years that when we get to this one, 
it's almost as if I can hear Micah in the back of my mind reading one of his favorite quotes. <laughs> so it's a real joy um, to think of it that way. And I don't know if I've ever written it down, but I seem to recall when we get to this lesson, Micah offering this quote from chapter 15 that goes, God offers thanks to the Holy Host who would receive him and let him enter and abide where he would be. And by your welcome does he welcome you into himself, for what is contained in you who welcome him is returned to him. And we but celebrate his wholeness as we welcome him into ourselves. Those who receive the Father are one with him, being host to him who created them. And by allowing him to enter, the remembrance of the Father enters with him. And with him, they remember the only relationship they ever had and ever want to have. Um, it's very, very sweet to me to think of how many times I've heard Mike read that quote especially in regard to this lesson. And it, um, it just warms me all over the place to recognize that that's the goal we all share. And by the way we remember it, we strengthen each other and bring more and more grace into the world. I'm complete. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. That was wonderful. Yes, thank you, Lori. Thank you. So thankful for this group. Thank you so much. Hey, let's 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 all call each other by the same name. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Micah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank thank you, Capital Self. Yeah. <laughs> Same name. Oh, this is a hard reading, isn't it? In a lot of ways. Um and and just by way of overview, um, I would start by saying um, that this is how these steps together. Um, well, let me start here. Healing is an act of thought. Healing is an act of thought by which two minds realize their oneness and become glad. Oh. And healing, healing, it turns out, and forgiveness, um, gee whiz, they operate like hinges on the door. You know, a door doesn't go open and closed without a hinge. And healing and forgiveness work together uh, because they're the same. And they both open the door of my mind to the awareness of truth of the one mind that we all share. That is healing. And um, 
and forgiveness um, operates within it. I can't have healing and remain unforgiving, nor can I be unforgiving and consider myself healed. Nor can I appreciate and love the capital self we share while retaining condemnation in my mind. I was, I was re reviewing yesterday because it, it gets really, um, here's a really uh, helpful thing. It was to me anyway. Um, to go back and look at the review lessons, beginning with review lesson 23. Actually, it's review of lesson 23 contained in lesson 53, way back at the beginning. Those reviews are so, so, so helpful. And, um, and it's by way of forgiveness, allowing forgiveness actually to rest upon my mistaken thoughts. That's correction of my mind, and it's only ever my mind that needs to be corrected. By allowing Holy Spirit to lift my errors from my mind, because I'm willing to let them go, I receive the consequence, or I'm able to accept the gift of Christ's vision. He says Christ's vision is the source of all miracles. Um, and this reading, if I look at it paragraph by paragraph very carefully, what I come to understand is that he's giving me uh, a very concise and complete description of how the knots of ego which have twisted my mind in all sorts of different directions, how the knots of this ego complexity are untangled. And I come to the joyous realization that capital self is the self we all share, that there is one capital identity. And as a consequence of following these steps, being willing to let forgiveness light my mind these knots of ego entanglement that seems so complex who whose error whose error is whose whose fault is whose upon whom does condemnation need to rest who's been injured who's been hurt who is um, to be blamed for this suffering all of those complex knots in my mind are undone and when they're undone uh, he says I understand atonement atonement is an act of sharing um, one cannot be innocent without appreciating innocence everywhere and by forgiveness Untangling these ego knots, I come to realize Christ consciousness and the one relationship I ever had or ever wanted to have. My goal is God. 
It is absolutely true that God never condemned. And the atonement is a fact. It's my mind's unacceptance of that that lands me in the middle of this knot. So if I want to have, and I, I want to accept the truth, I want separation to be dissolved. And for that I must let forgiveness and healing operate like that hinge on a door in just uh, the ways that he outlines here. And when I do, I understand then that forgiveness and the miracle go hand in hand. And I can walk this road to heaven in peace. Every single thing God gives, the holy instant, the holy relationship, the holy spirit, are all um, means. And if I accept the universal purpose, the truth that there is one capitalized self, one identity we all share, then I will avail myself of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Remember in chapter 21, uh, he talked about if I accept the universal purpose of unity of mind and heart in oneness with my Father, I will accept the means. I don't have to do this myself. I will accept the means that Holy Spirit gives me. He gives me faith that I can trust this goal is possible. He gives me belief as soon as I'm willing to allow correction of my mistaken ideas. And he also gives me vision the vision to see the holiness in which we were all created. This brother who appears to be a body, you know, I wondered, uh, why is forgiveness uh, this complex set of steps that seem so complex only to ego? Uh, why are these steps included in the body chapter, the chapter of the body and the dream? And I've come to understand that um, when I'm looking with my body's eyes, I see behavior. I see people doing things, behaving. And with the body's eyes, I sit over here judging all the behaviors I see. Only bodies behave. But mind is one. See, And so Christ's vision is the vision that allows me to see that one mind and as a consequence of that one mind the truth of oneness forgiveness and miracles will light my way in fact miracles are always a consequence miracle that being my perception is correct is corrected so that i'm aware of only love here that will light my way along this path the goal of God in such a way that it feels as if we're picking up more and more and more uh, souls <laughs> but in point of fact all, all of us were one in the beginning and we're just returning to that memory and so as I let these knots become untangled these psychological knots 
um, I will experience my own holiness and the holiness of all creation with me. Um, I think I'll leave it right there. Thank you, everyone. And there's one unmuted line. I'm not sure where it is. Anyway, I'm complete. That is beautiful, Thank Lori. you. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, thank you, Lori. Yeah, thank you, Lori. Uh, this is Micah. A voice from Patricia. Oh, we're really one. It was honoring you, honey. So I'm going to step in. It's Patricia to say that when Lorik talked about you, Micah, and anyone referring to anyone on these calls, it highlighted to me how eternity works and when the eternal soul opens to the other, which is what this call commands us beyond our wildest imagination Micah you're alive in us forever you're with us forever as each of you are never apart thank you go ahead Micah oh that was beautiful Patricia thank you that was worth hearing and waiting for uh and Lori, you highlighted in a beautiful way, like when you said uh, the two minds realize their oneness and become glad. That was a oh, that had that nice effect. And then later you were highlighting again one mind. And and I, you know, it's a hard. It was a hard section for me too, in a in a certain way that you know to to think of a, you know a broken body especially mine and and to feel like nothing has happened you know is a i it's a huge shift into a, a different um a completely different realm in order for me to even understand it um to, to even be able to move with that idea and so it wasn't until uh that feeling of the one mind and, and that moving out of body identification and how the the egoic separate self, uh, you know, experiences this time-space dimension, this dream dimension, that um, it's not until that movement away from that that it can, I could understand this section at all. And um, there was... Couple hi- there was a f- quite a few highlights there. Let's see. One. Um, like here in paragraph 18, he, he thinks your blood is on his hands, so he stands condemned. Yet it is given you to show him by your healing that his guilt is but the fabric of a senseless dream. And then it's still so it's you know that that kind of highlighting the fact that that what we're seeing here is actually this unfolding of of consciousness playing out with the illusion of form in space time 
and that the mind and which is the cause um, you know the movement into the mind is, as our reality is what heals the dream and it, uh, it's kind of like that quote I read yesterday where love sees not the misery at all and so that broken body uh, it becomes something very neutral as this miraculous healing occurs and um, it's something that my my mind, the split mind, cannot comprehend. And he says here in the paragraph, I think it's 28, my numbers are off too. With, uh, <clears throat> he says, with half a mind, uh, with half a mind, this is not understood, and he's talking about correction and forgiveness. With half a mind, this is not understood. Leave then correction to the mind that is united. Uh, let me see if that's as far as I want to go. Yeah, the mind that is united. And it's such a different world. And um, I think and it was kind of... The only other highlight I, that I have here is... Um, this is the law, the miracle base, that healing sees no specialness at all. And I realize that that is the miracle, is this kind of perception that can see truth at all. It, it's a profound, it's a profound shift for us when, when by a miracle, we we move to a place where we see no specialness in us or in other people and we're in that shared consciousness that is so peaceful because there is precisely because there is no specialness in it. Uh, and then up in paragraph 16, a miracle of healing proves that separation is without effect. A miracle of healing and again, it, it's, it, it feels that way. Anytime healing happens, there's not like I'm doing anything. It's more like a like truth is revealing itself to itself. And uh, anyway, I think I'm done. Uh, thanks. Oh, one more thing. Um, here's one, one beautiful line here. Uh, in paragraph 23... Be perceived. Okay, oh, hold on. You cannot be perceived as one, and with a single function that would mean a shared identity, with but one end. So anyway, let's move off to our shared identity. Sorry about that. It's kind of clumsy. Mm-mm. Thank you. Mm-mm. Mute button trouble. <laughs> Thank you, Micah. That was very beautiful. Thank you, Micah. You're being kind. Thank you, Micah.
I got an ornery little funny part of me, Patricia saying, Micah and to all, we are not being kind. We are being Christ in you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Micah, just real quick. This other line in 24 where the Holy Spirit's mind and yours are one. And so your own identity is found. When that was read, I I felt this, this movement into the Holy Spirit's vision, how the Holy Spirit is seeing this moment from the perspective of a unified mind and and looking at what's going on in space-time and I could just feel this whole different perspective of like Roz and, and me in this house and, and that here's this higher consciousness that knows only of unity and of that unified mind. And that Holy Spirit's vision uh, is available uh, in just my acknowledging that it's going on. Anyway, I'm completely... Thank you, Oh, there's so many helpful ideas that are coming to my mind right now. Um, I'm thinking of, um, let's see, I can't tell you the chapter, but I recall especially, see no one from the battleground, for there you cannot see truly. Be lifted up above the battleground. That's a really useful idea in this regard. Um, because it frees my mind from judgment. If I'm on the battleground, um, my mind is a victim. I've allowed my mind to be a victim of unforgiving thoughts. Um, and I'm, I'm in the midst of making judgments. Uh, that's by definition uh, a conflict state. 
and that's what he's talking about when he talks about the split mind I have to let Holy Spirit lift me above the battleground where I become free of the notion of judgment and without judgment um, the equality of the one son returns to my mind so many lessons uh, factor into this um, I'm thinking of it can be but myself I crucify and only my condemnation injures me and only forgiveness sets me free um, <laughs> there's just hardly a lesson in the workbook that doesn't have as its purpose my liberation from the idea of judgment and condemnation sin guilt and fear on the battleground that's impossible but above the battleground I'm allowing Holy Spirit to restore my perception to the truth I allow my right mind uh, to operate that's what he means by split mind <laughs> you know it, it turns out that if I'm if I'm seeing ego I'm seeing with my ego but if I'm seeing truth I'm seeing with my right mind and that's why all correction which is the atonement is always for my mind because the error if I'm seeing error I'm seeing with my ego so the error is always in my mind I think that's um, where he's trying to lead us in paragraph 26 and let me just get back to that page by paragraph 26 I mean the one that begins with in this interpretation of correction the split mind I'm right and you're wrong okay your own mistakes you will not even see the focus of correction has been placed outside yourself <laughs> on one who cannot be a part of you while this perception lasts you see I'm seeing with my body's eyes um, another real helpful idea here is miracle principle 42 I think it is where the principle is wholeness wholeness is always the content of miracles the wholeness of my brother and myself the one mind that we share the truth wholeness is the perceptual content of miracles and then he goes on to describe golden rule behavior and uh, I don't have it open right now but um, it's in miracle principles and it's miracle principle 42 but anyway he goes on to describe uh, golden rule behavior the way he says to um, have golden rule behavior is to perceive correctly I must let my mind be corrected so that I am not seeing my brother as different from myself the way for golden be golden rule behavior then is to perceive your brother and yourself correctly at the same time forgiveness is what allows me to do that okay uh, when I let forgiveness rest upon my thoughts of separation I will 
put my mind in a right-minded state so that I can perceive myself and my brother correctly. And he ends that gorgeous paragraph with, the way then to perceive correctly for golden rule behavior is to look out from your own holiness and perceive the holiness of your brother. That is precisely the correction that the miracle allows me to receive. And my brother can't possibly be unaware of that because I have shown him the witness to his own holiness. You see, my mind is free of any condemnation of him, my brother, and without condemnation, he is able to perceive the Holy Spirit in his own mind. This is how miracles work. And it always requires of me that I'd be willing to release my mistaken ideas, which is another definition of forgiveness. It's my mistaken ideas that keep me from the, the realization that my brother and myself are truly one. So I'll just say again, every single lesson in the workbook is designed to help me loosen my mistaken ideas that there is any separation in God's creation and that holiness is the state of everything that exists in the mind of God. And we're back to, you are my goal, my Father, only you. And with that holy purpose in my mind, I become willing and reinforce my willingness to give up my mistaken ideas that anyone is, this is tomorrow's lesson he says by this you know you have forgiven me you realize you realize that your brother is no more holy than me nor are you any less holy than he and holiness is restored to um, my living, breathing, right now awareness. So, anyway. Um, the more I avail myself to practicing, practicing the beliefs that he's given me, the more I realize um, that there is no reason for fear in God's creation, that love is the only thing here. So, um, Anyway, I just can't say how grateful I am to all of you um, because we can't do, no one can do this alone. We need each other uh, to highlight uh, the holiness that we really want to see in the world. Can't do it alone. Can't do it without a brother. And so, um, thank you for letting me experience my healing in participation with you on this walk. And um, I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Very healing, very practical. Thank you, Lori. So much truth you speak. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. Thank you.
Well, <laughs> we could go, and I'm sure we will go on and on with this in our after call. But for now, we have to end the recording. Um, so I'm thinking, um, let's see here. This is in chapter 19, I think. Let me see. Oh, yeah. It's in chapter 19, The Attraction of Guilt. The Holy Spirit has given you love's messengers to, st to send instead of those you train through fear. They are as eager to return to you what they hold dear as are the others. If you send them forth, they will see only the blameless and the beautiful, the gentle and the kind. They will be as careful to let no little act of charity, no tiny expression of forgiveness, no little breath of love escape their notice. And they will return with all the happy things they found to share them lovingly with you. Be not afraid of them. They offer you salvation. I think we have one unmuted line. Theirs are the messages of safety, for they see the world as kind. Love has set a feast before you on a table covered with a spotless cloth. Set where no sound but singing and a softly joyous whispering is ever heard. This is a feast which honors the holy relationship and at which everyone is welcomed as an honored guest. And in a holy instant, grace is said by everyone together as they join in gentleness before the table of a communion. And I will join you there as long ago I promised and promise still. For in your new relationship of holiness am I made welcome, and where I am made welcome, there I am. I am made welcome in a state of grace, which means you have at last forgiven me, for I became the symbol of your sin, and so I had to die instead of you. To the ego, sin means death, and so atonement is achieved through murder. Salvation is looked upon as a way by which the Son of God was killed instead of you. You cannot be satisfied or happy with so little, and this would be to hurt yourself and to limit the happiness that you would have and call upon pain to fill your meager store. Guilt creeps in where happiness has been removed and substitutes for it. Communion is another kind of completion which goes beyond guilt because it goes beyond the body. So, Father, let forgiveness light my vision today that I might see the holiness that you see everywhere. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. So grateful for you all. Thank you, everybody. Great call.